Good morning, everybody, and welcome. It's good to see everyone here. Some of you have been gone this summer sporadically, so glad to have everybody here tonight. And it was good to see this stage filled, amen, with all our teachers and students and everybody and administration. And uh, thank you, Bob, for your prayer. I really appreciate that. Not only do we see how many kids we have, but how many teachers we have, but how many people are actually at our schools that uh, we love and appreciate them very, very much. And I know that uh, we were at Mustang doing that as a congregation, but I do not want to forget that we've got teachers all over the place, people working all over the place, whether that's in Yukon or Tuttle or Blanchard or Oklahoma City or many other places. So thank you very much for what you do. All right, I'm going to make a statement right now that I hope uh, will be obvious to you, and I think you probably will all agree upon. And that statement is this. There's a lot of darkness in our world. There's a lot of darkness in our world. I look around, and the hearts of many have grown cold. There is hatred, bigotry, racism, elitism. There is also those who masquerade as light when darkness fills their actions with deception and lies. There's obvious darkness and hate. There's murder, there's stealing, there's greed, there's pride, there's lust, there's envy. And all of this, if you ask me, is overwhelming and disheartening. We are anxious as a people and we are weary. There's fighting within and there's also fighting without. And as believers, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I just want to crawl in our beds. We just want to crawl in our beds, pull the covers over our heads, and forget about this world. We would rather isolate ourselves on a deserted island where we don't have to deal with people. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? And yet, we cannot do that. As believers, we have been called out of darkness into His wonderful light. And as much as we would like to avoid the darkness, we are called to illuminate, to shine our lights in this dark world. We, like John the Baptist, are called to testify concerning the light we have received after our death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Our text today is John chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, and I'd like to read it again. I'm going to read it a little slower than Austin did, but here we go. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And every day, every day, we have the opportunity as believers in Christ to give a testimony of whose we are. You remember that question I've been asking every single week during this series on identity? That question that I said was one of the most important questions you will ever answer in your life? And it's this question, whose am I? Whose 
am I? Whose am I? Do I testify to the light with my actions? Do I testify to the light with my words? Do I testify to the light with my responses to others? When the darkness closes around us, and it does for all of us at some point, how will I be Jesus to others? How will we be Jesus to others? How will we testify concerning that light? How will we give light to every person? Okay, that word give light in verse 9 is the word illuminate. Illuminate. Now, when I think of illuminate, I think of a glow stick, all right? Think of a glow stick. How does a glow stick work? How does it work? First of all, it's got to be broken, right? It's got to be broken. Now, you're not going to see the color change. I'm sorry. It'd have to be dark. But it has to be broken. And then what happens is, is two substances come together to bring light in a dark world. Only when those substances come together does the light illuminate. So Christ's blood, my blood, His death, my death, His light, my light. His Spirit now is within us. The light of Christ that shined in the darkness is now the light that is to shine through us to illuminate Christ in a dark world. At least that's how it's supposed to work. And like John the Baptist and the apostles and those martyred for their faith in Hebrews 11, our lights will be tested. Our lights will be tested. What do we do and how do we respond when the darkness closes in on us? What does our lives reveal about our testimony to the light, our witness to Christ's life? What, why is this so important? Okay, so in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21, it says this. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. There's a lot of darkness in our world. So when I'm tested, I know how I like, I want to respond to the darkness when the world kind of taunts, when the world tacks. It's an eye for an eye. It's a tooth for a tooth. I give them what they gave me. And this is my first response And how many of us have actually been there. We want to respond in kind. You give it to me, I'm going to give it right back to you in the same manner. And then, then hopefully, hopefully, we all hear, we all hear Jesus, our Savior's words. We hear His words in our ears. The one who is light. The one who examines us. The one who sees us on our paths. And we hear those words. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I tell you, tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And Peter, who stood by Jesus in that garden of Gethsemane, reminds us of our Savior's actions. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. How easy is it for us to respond in kind to others? 
And how difficult is it to actually follow the words of Jesus? Our light is to shine in the darkness. We are to illuminate. We are to put our trust in God and trust that what He says is true. We are living and breathing witnesses of His light, the life, the word of truth. We testify to that truth. We have moved from this worldview, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, to a word view that we talked about, that word view being Jesus Christ Himself. Our lives are a living testament to Jesus, of Jesus Christ, to others. And I want to encourage all of us to ask the following question. Am I? Am I a light to those around me? Do others see the testimony of my faith in the way I live and in the way I respond and in the injust- even to the injustices in this world? Am I a living testament of how Jesus responds to His enemies? I don't know if you've noticed lately, but we're an angry society, are we not? I mean, just look around. It just seems like we're an angry society. Even as Christians, many times we act as if Jesus stood up for the injustices posed against Him. He didn't. He didn't. Isaiah 53, verse 7, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent, so He did not open His mouth. Hebrews 12, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do we not hear the words that Jesus spoke? Do we not hear them? If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. So here's a question I want you to ponder. I just want you to ponder. What do our actions, our lives, our responses to others reveal about us? What do they reveal about us? Have we become proud members of an angry mob? After all, It was an excited, angry mob that demanded crucifixion for the one who they call the true light. Can any of us recall a lot of good things, a lot of good things that are accomplished by an angry mob throughout our history? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's still a lot of darkness in our world. Okay, Zoe Williams says this, She said, unprocessed anger pollutes our social sphere. Every outburst legitimizes the next. She goes on to say, and we will have landed, I'd like to think by accident, on a technology that perpetuates it and amplifies it, occasionally productively, but more often to no purpose at all. John the Baptist came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. And as we discussed last week, it actually cost John the Baptist his head. 
for testifying to the light. Okay, so through the light, through that light, through Jesus Christ, our Savior serves as an example of how we respond to a darkened world. Our witness is seen in the way we respond to others. Like two weeks ago when we did the big give. That's the way we respond. We respond as light to help people and give out backpacks. Our witness is also seen in the way that we were with the community on Friday morning, helping cheer on our teachers in the administration. Our witness is there when we see our young people go out into the food bank and do all the service projects that they did this summer. We see that. But let me ask you a question. How's our witness at a ball game when the call does not go our way? Right? How's our witness at a fast food restaurant when our order is incorrect? Our witness whether it's seen on social media or in our schools, in our work, in our home, you get the point. There's a lot of darkness in our world. And yes, there's a lot of darkness in this world. But that's why we're here. We're here because we're called to be different. Because we're called to be different. We must be different. Our goal is to have the heart, the soul, and the mind, and the strength of the one who shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God did not send His Son into the world to actually judge the world. He sent Jesus into the world to save the world. God could easily judge the world from His throne in heaven. But humanity needs a Savior, one who can teach us, who can show us how to live, how to walk, how to love others, how to even love our enemies. Therefore, God became flesh and dwelt among us to shine His, His light in a dark world. Love John three sixteen and following. It says this. We know this well. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Yes, there's a lot of darkness in our world, but we can be light. We must be light. Because of that light, our light should shine in this dark world. St. Corinthians says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. What a powerful verse. In the face of Christ, we see light. In the face of Christ, we are privileged to see how Christ responded to darkness. In the face of Christ, we see how He responded in the way He treated others. 
in the way he endured suffering for our sake. Every day, every day we're faced with choices. How are we going to respond? Every day, this dark world challenges us with trials and persecutions, heartache and pain. And the question is, is how are we going to respond to the darkness? And I think about all our students, all our students who are going back to school this week or have been at school since Thursday. And I think about them, and there's a lot of darkness in our schools. But students, you can be the light. In this dark world, you can be the light. You can make a difference in your world right where you are. You can do that. And in our work environments, all of us, yes, there's a lot of darkness in our world. But we can be light. We must be the light. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So as we think about our response to the dark world, I want to give you a couple of things to actually chew on. And remember this, we can only control ourselves in all of this. I can only control me. There is a judge, and he will judge the world. Listen to me. I am not the judge. You are not the judge. Okay? But I trust in the one who is. We, therefore, will be held responsible for the decisions we make in this world. We will give an answer for our lives, our of our conduct, of our speech, the way we illuminate our life to Christ and to others. Listen to the words of Peter. He says this, but how is it, how is it to your credit, if you receive a beating for doing wrong, you endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in His mouth. When they hurled insults at Him, He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Okay, so here's number one. How are we illuminating the life of Christ when it comes to our speech? How are we illuminating the life of Christ when it comes to our speech? Not just the words out of our mouth, but the words we use to bless or condemn through our speech, even our written ones that we put on a page. Colossians said, Paul says this, Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. He says again, Paul does, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So the question we're trying to answer for ourselves is, are we illuminating Jesus in our speech? Here's number two. 
How are we illuminating Jesus when it comes to our testimony? When it comes to our testimony. And, and listen, every single one of us, every single one of us is giving a testimony of our lives to others, whether we know it or not. We display a testimony to others by our actions, by our deeds, and by our words. So how are we illuminating the life of Jesus? You, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. Are we illuminating Christ in our testimony, whether that's at school or whether it is at our work, wherever it is, are we illuminating Christ to others? Are we being that light? Here's number three. How are we illuminating the life of Jesus when it comes to the injustices in this world? And this is the hardest one. It's the most difficult for us. If we're going to be light to others, we will all face those times of injustices in our own life. The question is, is how will we respond? Peter says this, but even if you, listen, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. It is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the Spirit of the glory of God rests on you. So are we illuminating Jesus as we endure those injustices in our lives. Brothers and sisters, students, it takes courage. It takes courage and it takes faith to stand up against the schemes of Satan in our world. He's fighting with all of his might to extinguish our lights. And we know this. We understand this. We, therefore, must keep the faith we must trust that God has our backs. Do I believe that God is who He says He is? And do I believe that He is going to take care of me as He says He is? If so, we illuminate His life to others and allow God to take care of the rest. Okay, so as we conclude today, there may be some of you here today who kind of find yourself pulled from the scheme, by the schemes of Satan. You may be allowing Satan's schemes to pull you into hatred, to animosity, to hurt others. It, it's an infection that continues in people's lives. And it may be hurting your relationship with Jesus. If that's the case, please see one of our elders. Spend some time with them. Reach out to them because the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Use this avenue as the power and the power of the Spirit in your life to change that heart. And before we do the invitation song today, I'm going to read a scripture and I'm going to ask you all to stand in just a minute. And I just want you to listen to that before we sing our closing song.
So would you please stand if you don't mind? Then Jesus cried out, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. As for the person who hears my words, this is Jesus speaking, hears my words, but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge. For the one who rejects me and does not accept my words, that very word which I spoke will condemn him on that last day. For I did not speak of my own accord. But the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that His command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Let's sing.